Hello, friends. Welcome to the ATC Double Cut. I am Micah Woods. In today's episode, I'm going to start off with a little bit of housekeeping stuff. Um, I want to talk a little bit about a few very short blog posts where I'm generally recommending something that I hope you will check out because I thought they were worthwhile looking at or that they were um, interesting. So I'm going to recommend those. And then we're going to talk about one post in particular about managing the growth rate of the grass by looking at something called the growth ratio. And that is something that I hope that many people will do this year. We'll try looking at the growth ratio because I think it makes a lot of sense to answer a couple of questions about how much the grass should be growing. And it's a nice way to track how the grass actually is growing in comparison to how you might expect it to be growing based on the weather. So that's going to be the main topic. But first, let's cover a few of these little um, housekeeping items, um, which are blog posts that I haven't talked about here on the ATC Double Cut yet. Um, let's see, I'm scrolling through on the website. And one I haven't talked about is a post from February called Putting Green Measurements. The title of the post is Putting Green Measurements. And it says that many podcasts go on for hours, including mine. And I'm recommending this one called Putting Green Measurements that is only a 20-minute long podcast. And it's not me. Uh, it is Chris Tritabaugh from Hazeltine National Golf Club talking with Adam Miller from the United States Golf Association Green Section. And I put a direct link there in that post to listen to that on Apple Podcasts and to listen to that on Spotify. And I said, put this one in your listening queue. I think for information density, for the absolute amount of high quality information in a short amount of time, this one is really hard to beat. So this is a this is a blog a blog post about a podcast that I hope you will listen to. It's only 20 minutes. I listened to it twice. Uh, I may listen to it again. I thought it was really good. That's one thing I wanted to make sure that I recommend. Um, another thing, I've put a new seminar section on the website, and this is on the ATC website. All the blog posts that I talk about here, all the things that I'm talking about that involve links to something on the website, I will put a link to in the show notes in the show description, so you will be able to check these out later. I used to make website handouts for some of the presentations that I made or this, the seminars that I led or taught at conferences around the world. I used to do that about 10 years ago. I'd make these websites uh, and I noticed not so many people were going to them. However, more and more people have smartphones these days and it's easy to use a QR code to easily go to a website. And I always end up having supplemental information that I want to provide, such as the slides or links to some articles that I mentioned that give more details when I'm teaching a, a seminar. So I decided to go ahead and try making uh, handouts again that are formatted in the form of a website. So I've started doing that and I did that first for the presentations that I made at the Manitoba Golf and Turf Conference and then also for a presentation I made to the Olds College Turf Club. So I put a link to 
those handouts and to the web page, the new the new portion of the ATC website that hosts these handouts, and you can find that on the on the ATC website. And of course, if you're listening to this or watching, you can uh, click through to the notes to the show notes or to the show description, and I will have a link, a direct link to this. So this is something that I'll be interested to hear feedback about from people who do go to the presentations, if they like having this type of handout, if they find it useful. And also for people who don't go to the presentations, I suppose there would be some people when there's a topic that might be of interest to them. Uh, I would be interesting to hear I would be interested to hear from you if you find it useful to have access to these handouts from the seminars that you were not able to attend. So um, a lot, even this podcast or this, uh, these videos, uh, I'm doing this partly because of something John Scott recommended. He told me years ago that he wished he could have been to one of my seminars and he he didn't find he, he thought it was interesting that I was sharing the slides and he liked looking at the slides, but he wanted to hear what I was talking about. So I told him I would eventually start making more screencasts and talking about what I or, or recording what I had talked about. So I've been doing that, trying to do more and more video and audio content to provide that type of information for the people who are unable to attend the seminars. And I will be interested to hear if you find out if you find these handout web pages useful so let me know um and let's see another one that i want to do as a housekeeping note there are turf video playlists on the atc youtube channel and i've been i've i had like 20 videos or something on the atc youtube channel and then i just stopped doing videos for a number of years. And then in 2019, 2020, I started doing some more. Um, and I've recently now on the ATC YouTube channel, took a look at the total videos and it's up to something like 200, maybe even a little bit over 200 videos now. So there's a lot of material there, but then it can get kind of difficult to find what you're looking for because it's on a wide range of topics and I've tried to organize the videos into playlists so hopefully if you want to find something that's a seminar screencast you could go right to the seminar screencast playlist and you could scroll through that and you could find the screencast from a particular event or you could find the screencast on a particular topic and if you're interested in lawns, you could go to the ATC at home playlist, which is a playlist of videos that are about uh, lawns or taking care of grass at home. And if you like the very fun cart rides with Micah series, and I'll, I'll recommend three of the most recent ones where I talked with Al Bancroft in Japan, where I talked with Jason Haynes on the Sunshine Coast in Canada, and when I also talked with Andrew McDaniel in Japan. Those are looking at things ranging from trapping or, or catching wild boars to removing Bermuda grass around green collars to measuring playing performance to tracking uh, the growth rate of the grass to um, hmm, 
tra- <laughs> tracking. Maybe I was thinking about uh, frost tracks, footprints that you may or may not see uh, when doing traffic on frosted turf. I think uh, on two of those videos, we did talk about frost delays or not doing frost delays. So you can you can find these videos in the playlist format. And if you scroll through the playlist, I think it it can be an easy way to find interesting content to watch. So there's all kinds of videos that I hope you'll check out. And some of the most recent videos that I've posted have been uh, getting really quite high number of views for putting that in perspective. Well, to put that in perspective, the videos never get very many views. But uh, instead of getting like 30 or 40 views, or instead of getting 100 views, some of the recent videos have gotten 200 views, 300 views, something like that. So that's a little bit more views than, than usual. So I think some people out there are interested in this stuff. And uh, I, I'm glad to be able to provide some information, some stories, uh, some 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 images and and audio of the things that I get to see and the conversations that I get to have with interesting people who are doing turfgrass management around the world. And then another housekeeping one, and and then we're going to move on to the the main event. The GP Avatar app is updated. I made a a couple of small updates. The main update is I moved it onto the Asian Turfgrass Shiny app page because I have quite a few Shiny apps there. So to keep it simple, I put this GP avatar app at a new address. So all of the addresses on the Pace Turf site for this and all of the addresses on the ATC site for this app should be directing you to the same place. And this blog post announces that it provides the new link. And um, I checked the code a little bit and I added a very discreet watermark of the Pace Turf and the ATC logos that now displays on these GP avatar images. And this is something really cool. It's actually related to what the main topic is, which is going to be the growth ratio. The GP avatar app was Larry Stoll's idea. And he said, wouldn't it be cool if you could display for any location in the world, a real quick curve, a real simple, a very basic curve that displays how the cool season grass and the warm season grass growth potentials look like for that location. So in a coding session of a couple hours. And I I think in 2017, we did this, I had visited the Pace Turf headquarters in San Diego. And we made this app. And we put it online. And it's still online, anybody anywhere in the world can generate one of these. And it's a it's a fun little simple. uh, It was a fun little simple app to code. And it is a fun little simple avatar to have. So if you haven't checked that out, that is at uh, the, well, you can find the address to that on the ATC website. So that was all of the housekeeping stuff. That was, I wanted to go through a lot of posts that none of them are 
it's, it's not necessary to do a full ATC double cut episode about any of those, but I wanted to remind everybody that they exist. And if you want to scroll through the show notes and click on those links, you can go see each one of those items one by one and, and uh, make sure that you're familiar with all of that. Now for the main event, what should my clip vol be? This is a post that I've been thinking about for about six months and uh, I've been extremely busy. I, I, I don't, you know, it, I struggle to anticipate into the future. I struggle to predict into the future how, how busy I will be because it always seems like if I just do this report and I just do this article and I just do this amount of work and respond to these emails that somehow I will catch up with my work a little bit and in the future there will be more time. But of course, by now I realize that that's not the way it works and the amount of things to do just constantly stays the same or increases. And so I, I have this list of uh, things that I think would be very interesting blog posts and I'd like to, to explain these concepts and and make charts to demonstrate and work through some calculations to show that this is a excellent and useful way to do things and then I just don't quite uh, quite get through those as rapidly as I would hope due to a lack of time however I finally did have time to do this one and I said even though I want to show like a northern hemisphere location and a southern hemisphere location and explain various permutations of this and various uh, ways that this can be quite practically useful I said let me it's just a blog post not a thesis so I can just write it so I made it a two-minute read and it just has one chart it doesn't have uh, southern hemisphere locations in it but I now it gets the double cut treatment so instead of it being a two-minute read I get to talk about it and you get to listen about it for a while so I can perhaps explain some of those things that uh, maybe I would have wanted to put in this original blog post about clipping volume or uh, that may be forthcoming in some future elaborations on this particular uh, and highly interesting topic. So one of the questions that comes up again and again and again about clipping volume is how what, what's a normal amount of clipping volume or how many clippings should I be getting? And last week I saw a new one. Uh, Bill Kreuzer had posted a picture of a brand new clipping volume bucket. And he said something like, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I ordered some new clipping volume buckets. And I saw that somebody asked him a question in follow-up to that. And they, they were asking, well, how, how big of a bucket should, should I be getting for my measurements? And, and I, that was a new one. I mean, I, well, I guess it's not a new one because I do hear um, people asking about the types of buckets they should get and so on. So there is a lot of curiosity about this. And I think it's not widely known that you can calculate how much your expected clipping volume should be by using the growth ratio, which is something that was developed by Jason Haynes. You can find out more about it in 
multiple posts that he's written and spreadsheets that he has shared. And those are available on his website on the Fusariumi blog. I will also put a direct link to that here in the show notes. And you can also click on the growth ratio tag on any of the posts on my website. And that'll take you to a listing of all the posts that I've made about growth ratio. Because growth ratio is a way to combine clipping volume and growth potential. And it turns out to be quite useful because although you might have a target clipping volume, the target clipping volume has to change through the year unless you're at a place where the weather and the desired growth rate is exactly the same all through the year. But I I wrote in the post, I said, the amount of clippings are going to be influenced by three main factors. One is weather. For example, I'd expect no clipping volume in Alaska in January, but some amount of clipping volume in July. The grass is going to grow more when it's warm than it is when it's when the ground is frozen and the grass is covered by snow. I don't expect any clipping volume when the the temperatures are cold in the wintertime, at least if it's as cold as it is in Alaska. So the idea of how much clippings we should have or how big of a bucket we need, obviously we don't need a bucket in January and we need some kind of bucket in July, but how, how much is the grass going to grow in July? If you've never measured the clipping volume before, you may not know that, but the growth ratio, which Jason came up with is a really interesting way and a really useful way to adjust for the weather effect on the expected clipping volume. And then he expresses that as the growth ratio. Another thing that could affect how much the grass grows is the species or variety. But when I've measured this, and you can find out more about this in the appendix to my book, One Bucket at a Time, that's an ebook that you can find a link to from my website. The species or, or variety of grass doesn't seem to have a, a huge effect. Um, I, I, I think there may be some cases where it does, but it's not fully clear to me uh, if that's really due to species or if it's because of the way people manage. But generally, when I've checked at multiple sites around the world, people have generally, when they're producing high quality turf grass surfaces in the middle of the growing season, they tend to be getting similar amounts of clipping volume. And then uh, the other thing that could have an effect is the way that you want to manage the grass. So you might like to grow a lot of grass or you might like to grow absolutely as little grass as possible, or you might be working on a golf course that does 8,000 rounds per year, or you might be working on a course that does 80,000 rounds per year. So I would say that the course that does 8,000 rounds most likely doesn't need to have as much of a clipping volume. So it doesn't need to have as many clippings. It doesn't need to grow as fast as the course that would have 80,000 rounds because there would be so much traffic that you would need to have a faster growth rate to deal with all of that traffic. So all of, so these are the things that are just sort of like inherently 
going to happen with the clipping volume. And then you can use fertilizer, specifically nitrogen, and you can use plant growth regulators to adjust what the clipping volume will be. And that can be expressed as the growth ratio and where the growth ratio comes in really, really handy is it already accounts for the effective temperature. So if it is late March or early April and it's still so cold at your location that the grass is not growing very much, then you don't have to fret and worry that the clipping volume is not at the mid-season level and you can check how the clipping volume is compared to the temperature-based growth potential. Um, And you don't have to do anything if you just use the growth ratio. What the growth ratio is, is a, a, a simple ratio with a numerator and a denominator. In the numerator, you put your actual clipping volume. In the denominator, you take the growth potential and you multiply that times 20. And so 20 is a default uh, value for the expected maximum clipping volume that you would get when the growth potential is 1. And that is 20, uh, assuming that you're using my recommended units for clipping volume, which is, 20, which is uh, m- volume in milliliters and area in square meters. So that would be 20 milliliters per square meter and that assumes that in the numerator you're using those same units my recommended units for clipping volume of milliliters per square meter if you are using a different unit then you would have to adjust from 20 in the denominator and use a different value so if if you're using liters per 100 square meters then you would use a value of two and then in the numerator you would express your actual clipping volume also in units of liters per 100 square meters. However, because uh, the clipping volumes tend to get low and you end up using a lot of decimal points, if <laughs> so you have 0.8, 0.6, 0.4, if you use those units, and, and those units are generally equivalent to quarts per 1,000 square feet, uh, I, I recommend just using the much simpler milliliters per square meter, and then you don't have to worry about a rather odd unit of uh, area either. You don't have the 100 square meters, you don't have the 1,000 square feet, you just have the base unit of a square meter. Anyway, you use the whatever is the equivalent of 20 milliliters per square meter in whatever you units that you use, but my recommendation is milliliters per square meter. Um, so you, you take that and multiply it times the growth potential, not the growth potential that's expressed as a percent, but growth potential expressed at, on a scale of 0 to 1, which means that if the growth potential is 0.5, that's 50%. Um, so if the, if the temperature is somewhat halfway between the minimum value where the grass won't grow and the optimum value where the grass has the potential to grow at its optimum and most rapid rate, then you would have a growth potential value of 0.5. You multiply that times 20. So the, the 
denominator of the growth ratio equation would be 10. And then above that, in the numerator, you put your actual clipping volume. And so if your actual clipping volume happened to be 10, and in the denominator, because your growth, uh, your growth potential was 0.5, then you would also be 10 in the denominator. So you'd have a growth ratio of one. What you can do is just uh, any ratio that you want. And that's what this chart shows. I, I calculated this for Ardmore, Pennsylvania. So I looked up the daily temperatures for Ardmore, Pennsylvania for a three-year period from January 1 of 2020 through the end of December of 2022. And I calculated the growth potential from that. And then I said, I want to, for creeping bent grass, I don't want to have a growth ratio of one. I think a growth ratio of one is a little bit high for creeping bent grass. And in general, for creeping bent grass, I think it, it may work well to have a growth ratio of about 0.5 or 0.6. So I calculated what the, the actual clipping volume would look like if I was running through the year at a growth ratio of 0.6 and it looks like the chart that I'm showing on the screen right now and you can view this by looking uh, at the ATC website at this post and it ranges that so the actual clipping volume ranges from nothing from zero in January and February up to a maximum of 12 12 milliliters per square meter per day which is reached in mid-May to mid-June and again in September. So this is what the expected clipping volume would be if you were having a growth ratio of 0.6. If you were managing the grass with a growth ratio of 0.6 for the temperature conditions of Ardmore, Pennsylvania, and it drops down again after about November 15th, the growth ratio at a 0.6 level brings us down to an actual clipping volume of close to zero. And so that corresponds pretty well with uh, when I think the grass will be growing in Ardmore, Pennsylvania, and it gives you an expected value for what your clipping volume would be if you are running a growth ratio of 0.6. Now, this is something that you can also add together to say how much is the grass gonna grow in a year. And if you run a growth ratio of 0.6, then in one year, the total clipping volume would be 1.86 liters per square meter. And so that that is a total amount of clippings per year. And that's a number that I think is useful to look at, to look at how much the grass grew in a year. I know, for example, Hazeltine National Golf Club last year, the data that Chris Tritabaugh collected, the, the greens there were about 1.5 or 1.6 liters per square meter. That's in, near Minneapolis, Minnesota for creeping bent grass. And I know there's other bent grass courses in that area that are also doing about two liters of clippings per square meter per year. 
it. So that's when you add together the clipping volume from every mow through the year. So that's a relatively normal amount of clippings for high quality turf grass, for high quality putting greens. And so where I think this is actually useful, uh, and, and this is the part that I think it might take longer for me to explain in writing. And so at some point, I just kind of have to cut off the blog post and say, it's time to post this and I can't explain it forever, but probably through the year, I'm going to try to explain this some more. In fact, I just wrote an article for my Japanese, uh, for the column I write for a magazine in Japan about this topic. And that is, if you know what your expected clippings should be based on the growth ratio, then if you find that you're getting more clippings than that, or if you find you're getting less clippings than that, you can either adjust your fertilizer or you can adjust your plant growth regulators to try to get a little bit closer to your expected level of clippings. And this would be particularly uh, useful, I think, in, in extremely high temperatures when the grass is definitely going to be growing more than what the desired or target expected value for the clipping volume would be. And you can see that from this type of, of calculation and you could see what you're expected to be getting, and then you can measure what you actually are getting. And that difference between what the expected desired value is and what the actual measurement is, seems to me a really useful thing to know in order to adjust the fertilizer and adjust the plant growth regulators. So this is, uh, this is something that's really easy for me to visualize because I, I make all these calculations and I show all these charts and I, I'm just like, yeah, if, if, if your grass should be growing, if you're expecting that on average, your per day clipping volume should be about 12 milliliters per square meter. If that's what it should be in a particular season, and if you're actually finding that your average clipping volume is 20, well, that's going to be a growth ratio of something like 1.8. And if, you're, if your growth ratio is 1.8, but your desired growth ratio is, is 0 0.6, then that also gives you a ratio by which you could, could uh, reduce your nitrogen fertilizer or the ratio by which you could increase your plant growth regulator. And I think the main thing to do first is to adjust the fertilizer. And then I think uh, only in extreme cases, do you really need to make big adjustments with the plant growth regulators? So that is something that I, I think is a little bit new, the growth ratio thing. Uh, Jason's been blogging about it, but not everybody reads his blog. I've written about it a little bit, but I'll admit even I didn't quite grasp all the utility of the growth ratio uh, at first. And it's, it's now it's something that I want everybody to use when I realize people are not really going that far with their uh, clipping volume stuff. They're going to the trouble to measure the clipping volume going to the trouble to look at what the actual clipping volume is, but then 
it, it it's not something that you expect to be static through the year. And, and I think you could just like very crudely, you could say, well, if it's March, I might have this type of clipping volume and in April, I might let it be 20% more. And in June, July, and August, I might have a, a clipping volume that, that should be like, like 20 or something, but actually you can be more site specifically precise than that. You can by using the growth regulate the growth ratio, which accounts for your site specific temperatures, which are your site specific growing conditions. So, um, and then you actually measure the growth and it seems like, uh, we just have a huge amount of information, useful information at our fingertips to be able to really dial in the growth rate and produce the desired playing conditions without, uh, any problems of the grass growing too fast or the grass not growing enough. So I think that is what I wanted to explain today in this, uh, in this ATC double cut. I, I am so, uh, intrigued by this and I think that if you if you are also if, if, if you're interested in the growth ratio, check out the other posts that you can find on the ATC website about the growth ratio and check out Jason Haynes blog, which I'll put a link to uh, for some of his posts about the growth ratio. Now, he he's suggesting that for POA annua greens, uh, if you want POA annua to be really healthy, he's recommending a growth ratio of one. And uh I think for, I think as far as I know, that sounds reasonable. Although if you have good weather, I think you can probably have superb POA annual greens with a growth ratio even lower than one. Um, but definitely for creeping bent grass, it seems like a number like 0.5 or 0.6 produces a a nice turf and and a nice playing surface without excess growth. So this is something that can be can be added on all, all you need to do is just add in your temperature data and let the computer calculate the growth ratio for you and that can just be another data point that goes alongside your average clipping volume and it's something that i think uh i i think the growth ratio is something that that uh it, it makes a lot of sense to me now. It makes a lot of sense to me now because it's accounting for your site-specific weather conditions at that time of year. If I was at Bandon Dunes, for example, I expect the grass should grow more in August than it does in January. And so rather than me trying to guess what my optimum clipping amounts should be, I think I can use the growth ratio to normalize that over the entire course of the year and to make those adjustments where every where the august amounts are exactly proportional to the january amounts and that's all linked together through the growth potential and expressed as the growth ratio so yeah maybe that's a good one to work on on the computer and i hope this general verbal introduction to the growth ratio and why I recommend it can be something that helps you to have even more control of the good turf grass conditions that you'll produce this year. 
Thank you so much for listening and for watching. I'll sign off now for ATC from Somerville, South Carolina. I am Michael Woods.